Welcome to the Fantasy End Podcast, where we share our love for all things fantasy and discuss the broader speculative fiction industry. Welcome to the Fantasy End. Hello, and welcome back to the Fantasy End podcast. This week, we're talking about social media. What kind of bookish content do we like to see as readers? How can it influence which books we buy? And where does one even begin when trying to navigate uh, speculative fiction social media? But before we dive into that, what's everyone reading? I'm reading Woven and Moonlight by Isabel Ibanez. I have no idea how I found out about it. It's about this uh, girl who is a fake condesa, and she is forced into a marriage, and she has to use that to her advantage to try and um, save her people and uh, free the prisoners. Is this speculative fiction? It is. Okay. She um, she has an ability to weave uh, tapestries with moonlight. That is so cool. That's a useless power, but it sounds pretty. It kind of reminds me a bit of Empire of Sand. Ooh, you had my curiosity, now you have my attention. Funny you should talk about Empire of Sand. That's what I'm reading at the moment. And by reading i mean i started it like an hour into the audiobook so i still have no idea what's happening but it seems interesting enough so far so that's good that's a good start so good i'm reading the once and future witches by alex harrow uh which i got an an advanced reading copy or advanced review copy i'm not sure what the r stands for anymore (laughs) it's about three sisters who are witches and about women's right to vote. And it's written by Alex, so it's uh, incredibly well-written. She's herself a word witch. So I'm she excited really to... Yeah, she... I mean, with, with which uh, kind of uh, dark power did she make... Uh, or because she she is incredible her, her every sentence is is um, beautiful and poetic and I don't know how she does it <laughs> so I'm excited I also have to finish um, to kind of try and finish The Empire of Gold by Shannon Shukarbori. Um I don't know why I, I can't get into it it's, it's a mess so I got the audiobook um, and I'm hoping it, it will work better. Sometimes I just can't get into epic fantasy at all. Um, my God, this kind of weird, um, like, uh, obstacle to read in epic fantasy. I don't know where it comes, comes from. Uh, so I switched to audiobook for it. How about you, Trav? Uh, well, you took mine. Uh, I was going to say I'm reading Empire of Gold right now. Uh, so let's see. I am currently listening to the Null and Void audio drama by Cole Burkhart. This is the one, I think I was telling you guys about this, uh, where there's this city and it starts off, main character gets a phone call that says basically, don't get on this bus or you'll die. And they're like, what? This has to be a joke. But then like they don't get on the bus and there's a huge wreck and the bus is destroyed. And then it becomes kind of like this mystery where all these billionaires are in town trying to screw over everyone and uh, just feast on the poor, sort of. Uh, So it's very much an eat-the-rich kind of show, which uh, I know we enjoy. Yay! (laughs) Well, I guess on our topic of social media then, just starting things off, what kind of content as readers do we like to see on social media? I guess it depends if we're talking about content from authors and publicists and agents or content from uh, the point of view of from fellow bloggers or readers. Uh, if it's from like our friends who are also bloggers, I like to have um, one one sentence blurbs 
like this is what the book is about and um a link to where to buy it and that's that's it and sometimes it works better from for me than a complete review of the book so if if you are a blogger and you're on twitter and you post something just squeeing about uh, about a book you liked there's a chance <laughs> i'm going on amazon and buying it almost immediately so it works pretty well for me um yeah i was gonna say similar for me i am really bad at actually reading reviews which i find quite funny as someone who writes reviews um like i i will browse twitter and not actually read any reviews except for the one line tag that they've got so um just because if I did read reviews, I would never get anything done ever. Um, perks of having so many bloggers that I follow. Um, so really, in terms of finding new books of people on Twitter, if it's a blogger, I would prefer sort of a one-liner or a really cool picture of the book with your pet. And I'm not saying that's how I run my Twitter, <laughs> but it's all pictures of books and all that. <laughs> is actually how he runs his Twitter account. <laughs> so I think it's kind of funny that, you know, we're book bloggers. So the whole point of what we do is we read these books and then we write, I mean, comprehensive reviews is a poor way of saying, I think, at least how I write my reviews. Uh, but we write these like more than that small little blurb, that one sentence reviews. But that's mostly what I read as well. Like that's that's what's going to sell me on something. I don't know what it says about my attention span. Uh, but I know for other bloggers, rather, like, I don't browse their reviews looking for something new to read, but I will occasionally read other people's reviews just to kind of see how they write their reviews, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> I I do the same not not to 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 see how people write their reviews, but how they if if I want information about a book that I didn't know what to think about. For example, I finished uh, The Wicker King by uh, Kay Ankrum, and it left me confused. <laughs> I didn't know what to think about it, so I went to read reviews because the one-line blurbs. Didn't cut it. <laughs> so usually I read reviews after reading the book and um, my attention gets uh, grabbed by small blurbs, small, you know, when there are kind of um, bullet points on, on Twitter about what a book contains in terms of uh, tropes and themes, like, hey, it's gay, found family, <laughs> and all these um, hooks that get me but yeah it, it's the kind of content i love on twitter that's that's another thing i do um there are some reviewers and this is the reason i do it in my own reviews who at the end put this book is for people who like x y and z they've got this nice long written good review i worded very well there um and i just skip the whole thing and go this is for people who like this awesome cool <laughs> <laughs> we're saying lots of good things about reading reviews we're not very good at this <laughs> sorry to our reviewer friends well i think on the topic of social media like part of the reason why is because typically we'll see people talking about the book online and so we'll kind of already know someone like if we're friends with a blogger we'll know what they think about a book well before their review ever actually goes out sometimes months and months before that review ever actually goes out yeah, and I just saw uh, a tweet uh, uh, being retweeted right now by by the community. Uh, it hit a nerve, and it says basically uh, the the steps of a, of reviewing a book. It goes: you read the book, you say excited stuff about it on Twitter. And you forget about it for two weeks, and then you have to write the review because the book is going to be released. Then you forget everything about it. And I, I had to reread books um, before their release because I I remember that I liked them, but I had no idea why. And I couldn't tell you exactly what happened or... Like, I remember the excitement and I remember being bullying people to pre-order them, but other than that, who, who 
can remember what happened, who can remember uh, the characters and any other detail. <laughs> I'm impressed that it takes you a whole two weeks to forget. I finished the book and 10 minutes later, I couldn't tell you the main character's name, which is a real pain when writing a review because it's like, uh, what happened? <laughs> I realized that I have a be way, way better memory with audiobooks. It's crazy. I can remember exactly what happened in Ninth House, uh, which I've finished uh, almost a month ago. But uh, I, I'm already fuzzy about The Wicker King, <laughs> which I've read last week. Yeah, my brain does this weird thing where it cherry picks what it really likes in a book. And on my first read through, that is all I will remember. Like it did this with Sam Hawke's City of Lies because I loved it so much. And I loved one particular character so much, um, being Kalina with chronic illness. I completely forgot about everything else in the book, except that there was a character with chronic illness that was done really well. And then you started talking about Tane and Joven and I was like, who the fuck are they? And like, they're literally the two main characters. Oh my God. <laughs> Sorry, Sam, if you're listening to this. <laughs> I mean, I reread it and I was like, oh shit, they're awesome. But, like, my brain cherry picks this one really cool thing and will forget everything else that happens until I reread it. And then I'm like, oh shit, I missed so much. Or I read people's reviews. Uh, I do education read reviews, actually. Um, after I read the book, I'm like, oh shit, I missed that. Did that happen? <laughs> I can't really blame you. I've read uh, City of Lies uh, June 2018. Was it two years ago? Oh my god. So I, I, I really can't remember a lot of, a lot of things. Sorry, Sam. I'm going to reread it before the Hollow Empire. Well, I suppose one thing we should probably say on the topic of social media is, at least when I've been talking about it so far, I'm mostly thinking about Twitter. I don't know if that's what y'all are referring to as well, or if there's other social media that you use. No, I just mean Twitter. <laughs> yeah, mostly Twitter for book stuff. Um, I post photos of the books on Instagram, usually with the dog, because that is what I do. Um, and possibly occasionally Reddit, but like I... I haven't really been referring to that in this situation. Yeah, Instagram is a social media that I, I'm admittedly pretty bad at, especially for book content. I'll just basically throw up a picture and stick one of my cats in it and call it a day. Yeah, that's what I did too, <laughs> except with the dog. <laughs> uh, I love watching bookish pictures, especially those either involving pets or involving very elaborate settings. And I'm, I'm always so impressed because I couldn't do that at home. I had to uh, completely change the layout of my desk so I can take a basic picture of posts I received. And I can't imagine people having like uh, red candles and feathers and flowers and stuff like that ready to go for bookish pictures. And I'm always very impressed, but uh, it, um, it will, for me, Instagram will never push me into reading a book because I'm, covers are not that important for me. And I feel like the focus is a lot uh, on the art and the cover and the beauty of the book as an object rather than the content. Even if there are, if there is a text on Instagram, I usually skip it. I don't know uh, if it's the same for you guys. Because there are so many hashtags at that like almost eclipse the the description of the picture that I, I just don't pay attention to it. And the way Twitter is is made and used, uh, it's text-based, even if the text is uh, shorter. Uh, so I like we have information about the book and uh, a picture of the book in question. So I like it better. And I um I don't know I don't I don't use my my Instagram at all. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Instagram really is just there to highlight a picture, and in terms of getting me to read a book, I'll be like, yeah, that looks pretty cool, but I still know fuck all about the actual book except that it's got a pretty cover and you own a lot of candles. <laughs> Why? Uh, I say this as someone I don't think I own any candles in my entire house. Um. No one even know where to go to buy them. But that's not the point. Um, 
yeah, Instagram very much highlights how awesome cover art is, but at the same time, that isn't generally what sells me on a book. So it doesn't generally help me get more books, which, I mean, I follow like three bookstagram accounts, which is mostly just people I know. Someone is playing Hotel California very loudly outside my window. Okay, that's not the topic. Um, what can be considered as... Uh, it's the, um, today is the music kind of day, so everybody's very loud about it. Um, so what else do you guys consider as social media and... Um, do you use it or uh, either to promote or to find new books to read? Would you consider Goodreads as social media? Because uh, I would not. Yeah. Yeah, you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it's not like social media, social media, but it has like a very large social component to it. Like I know that's that's part of the conversation right now that there's Goodreads alternatives going around that are kind of in the early stages like i think storygraph is the one right now that people are talking about and the big question i always see is this is great but like is there a social component to it because that's what i like about goodreads so i mean it's it's kind of social media mm, yeah really people like the social component of goodreads it's the world's clunkiest component like it is a pain to use <laughs> That's true. I mean, if we're being honest, Goodreads is the clunkiest component of Goodreads. Like, it's, <laughs> it's pretty terrible for the most part. Yeah, but, like, I don't go to Goodreads to scroll through what everyone is reading. That's just too difficult, he says, now having opened Goodreads and <laughs> scrolling through what everyone is reading. Um, but, like, I use it to go generally and be like, oh, yeah, my friends like this book. I trust their tastes. And then go and buy a book or I go over to said friend and be like, hey, would I like this book? And most of the time they say, yeah, this would be good for you. And case like, no, fuck off, don't do it. <laughs> um, which is how I use Goodreads. Like, I, again, don't actually bother reading the reviews. I just go to people whose tastes I trust and I'm like, hey, would I enjoy this? And depending on that, I go and buy it. I, I don't consider it as social media because it's mostly about books, so... Um, the social media component is pretty limited, but I do like scrolling and seeing what everyone is reading. And sometimes it inspires me to either like, remember a book or realize that, especially in a genre that I don't follow very closely, um, realize that a book is released or about to be released by an author I like. Um, so... Sometimes I comment on um, on the progression, uh, like uh, updates from a friend, but it's usually to tend to my own uh, TBR that I go there and to uh, update my own reading list that is completely chaotic. By the way, my God, how many are there? One, two, three, four, five, and six now. Six book I'm currently reading. Sure, Goodreads. That's what I'm doing. I'm at 10. I need to stop reading so many things. Okay, you win. I need to shelf books that I'm not reading. To be fair, some of them have been marked as reading since 2018. Wait, no. Yeah, 2018. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. I have a Kate Glass, um, a Conjuring of Assassins. Uh, I had this as currently reading for three months now. So I guess I'm not currently reading it. <laughs> I need to clean this up. Um, yeah, so Goodreads is not, like, I, I don't use this as a social media. I think that it's it's funny when people do. For example, I receive DMs from men that say, hey, hello, okay, it's not Tinder, please don't do that. Yeah, that I I will never get that. That does not surprise me, but oh why? I don't know. I don't know. You were someplace 
um, on the internet where people are sharing their interests for books. So if you're interested in books, it makes sense that you try to meet your soulmate <laughs> in this platform, except that it's weird and it's creepy and don't do that, please. <laughs> I mean, if you read enough, just find your soulmate in a book. Just say, <laughs> just fall in love with the book characters. That is the correct way to do it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Books are better than humans anyway. So going back to Twitter, though, uh, I just remember the thing uh, about uh, stuff that may make me buy books uh, from authors this time. I love authors who shitpost. I love that. I love it when they don't take themselves seriously. So um, Devin Matson, the author of We Are the Storm and a friend of ours, and we love you, Dev. Uh, she made the trailer for her upcoming book which is going to be released uh, next week, I think. And the trailer is hilarious. I already wanted to read the book and I'm aware of the book existing and I have it already and everything, but still is the kind of content I love seeing in social media because it's funny and it's it, it, it actually gives you the information uh, about the book. So it's not like random shit busting. She, she actually did it very well. I, I think part of the thing with Twitter is you need to grab attention somehow um like if you're just trying to sell me your book and saying buy my book there are at least a thousand other authors doing that and i will get bored of you and unfollow you because i mean saying buy my book is not going to make me buy your book unless you do it in a really creative way that's like, oh, yeah, okay, maybe I will actually go and buy your book based on how creatively you just prompted that. But, like, you have to be doing pretty damn well to be doing that. Yeah, I don't know. Whenever I see the the buy my book things, the only thing that ever actually does for me is let me know that that book exists uh, and possibly annoying me in the process. Uh, so like on the one hand, I know your book exists. And so I'm that much closer to actually buying it and reading it one, like one day, but, uh, it's also kind of obnoxious. I probably didn't explain that point very well, but like saying by my book does not do anything to actually sell me a book unless you've come up with a really creative way of pitching your book, which isn't so much by my book as a really creative way of pitching your book. Um, that actually does something to make me interested in the way you present information. I still don't know if I'm explaining that well. <laughs> well, what about, I guess, on that note, that kind of naturally brings us to what do we like to see from authors? I know I'm following like probably over a hundred authors on Twitter and that's definitely lowballing the amount. So like, what, what do we like to see from them? What will encourage us to buy their books or just, make us like them as people? I don't know. Some degree of interaction I find helps um, because then they feel like an actual person because occasionally they don't. <laughs> and so a degree of like them asking general questions to Twitter, not even having to be at all book-related, um, just anything generic that makes them seem like anyone else helps. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's blur. It's a blurry thing because it's their it's part of their job uh, being on social media and promoting their books. But at the same time, it's social media, so it's a bit weird, I guess, for them to know how to navigate uh, those two parts of the uses of their social media accounts, like how to calibrate personal and professional some of them do it so beautifully i mean if you're an author like what i would say you you, you need to do is have a pinned tweet about the latest thing you've written or uh that, that is about to be released and where we can pre-order it and maybe a bio or something because that's ideal uh that helps uh author readers find authors and find exactly what they're doing and what they're writing and that's good but i guess what what i like to see in terms of content from authors in social media is them not being assholes uh it, it is always a good thing a good step <laughs> if they're being assholes then i'm unlikely to buy their books or promote it 
promote them. So that's pretty much it. Yeah, following authors on Twitter, to quote my own tweet, following authors on tw- on Twitter has been more effective at removing t- books from my to-be-read list than actually reading books. Um, mostly because <laughs> some of them yeah. throw in and decide they to be dickheads. And then I just remove them because I have too many books on my to-be-read list. Mm, yeah. But more seriously, I I like, as I said, when they're not taking themselves seriously, I know the author of a YA book um, called These Violent Delights. Uh, she Her name is uh, Chloe Gong, and her book is out next fall. It's a YA retelling of Romeo and Juliet in uh, China, I think, and it sounds amazing. But she she's she's pretty fun and cool she's a um like a, a zoomer and it shows and she's she's on tiktok and she does these fun videos and she should post a lot and she sounds like someone i could be friends with and then so um i pre-ordered her book because she sounds cool <laughs> and it's like that with a lot of authors I feel like I have to like them as people to be interested in their books and also be involved in the promotion of their books. Yeah. I mean, for me, I would say the biggest thing is not making yourself a giant dickhead publicly um, because that no. helps me not <laughs> read your books. Like that is the best thing you can do to promote yourself on social media is not be a complete dickhead. Um but like, I, I am with you that I enjoy a rule of of social media. Yeah, well, that is true. We can see everything you post. Remember that when you're posting stupid shit. And we talk about it, and when we you delete it, there are screenshots, so we see all and talk about all. That was ominous. <laughs> <laughs> if you accidentally do something really stupid, apologize. Like, because that, I will actually see you're a decent person and you're not just going to try and hide everything under the rug that we all have screenshots of anyway. Like, that is just, if you're a dick, apologize for it. Um, That helps a a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, hey, that is just general life advice. It's kind of weird, though, because a lot of what we're talking about for what we want to see from people on social media is actually what we don't want to see. Because, like, if an author's a dick on social media, like, I might not have heard of them before. And so, like, I wasn't going to get their book anyways. So it just, like, adds that to the, okay, yeah, in the future, I'm still not going to get your book. But I don't know. I guess things that I really like to see are, like, when someone posts a lot of stuff that's, like, kind of their brand as an author, if that makes sense. Like, you can follow them, have no idea that they're an author, and still get a lot out of, say, their Twitter account. Um I'm going to absolutely butcher this person's name, and I am so sorry in advance. Uh, I've never heard it said out loud, though. Uh, but Jiren uh, Zirin, uh, fantasy author who I think their book's coming out next year, uh, Iron Widow, where it's like Pacific Rim and Handmaid's Tale, but uh, following the rise of the only female emperor in Chinese history, uh, which, talking about those short blurbs, that sounds awesome. But... They're like always posting stuff about Chinese history, stuff about the Untamed show, uh, cool cosplay. And like that's something that I I enjoy without ever having, like obviously the book's not out yet, so without ever having read the book. Um, So I mean that kind of thing I really like to see on social media. Um, And also, yeah, and um, I like... Uh, when authors talk about their day jobs, if they have a day job, and especially if their day job is something very niche and something very interesting, like uh, Marie Robinette Kowal, uh, when she talks about um, astronomy, yeah, about astronomy, <laughs> and about uh, space-related stuff, it's not something that I'm passionate about, but she makes it sound so cool, and it's... Um, links to her own work uh, so I, I like this kind of content um and i know um other authors do it as well talk about um their other interests or their other or their day job or their former job i know but well she's a romance 
romance romance novelist uh, Courtney Milan, uh, but she was a clerk, a judicial clerk in a past life. Uh, so she talks a lot about the law and about um, the decisions of the Supreme Courts in the U.S. And she talks about it in a passionate way and in a way that makes people like an that do not live in the U.S. understand very much what is going on. And I like that. Also, she talks a lot about figure skating, which is cool. So if you have other interests when you are an author and you are worried that you are talking too much about your other interests and not enough about your book, well, it's just coming from us here, but I think it's, um, it's a good thing that you talk about other stuff. Especially if your interest is very niche or very specific and like, I don't know, beekeeping or <laughs> something that is not very like well known or anyway, <laughs> I like that. I, I, I agree with this and I will add an extra point. Um, if you have other hobbies in S in sci-fi fantasy stuff that isn't, just you know writing and reading um talking about those sorts of things is great because generally people who read sci-fi and fantasy like sci-fi fantasy video games board games those sorts of things as well and so he i mean i don't follow people on twitter explicitly for those things but picking up little bits and pieces of those sorts of different things is really cool um and i think i mentioned this in a previous podcast episode but Melissa Caruso um, talked about live action role play on her Twitter. And that was actually how I found one of my now favorite hobbies of laughing um, was through her Twitter and her talking about it and me going, Hey, this looks really cool. I want to try it. Um, so talking about other interests that are still fall under that same bracket of SFF um, can really be cool for your readers as well. Cause they can find new and interesting things that aren't necessarily your books, but are still awesome. Oh yeah, and Rowena Miller uh, talks a lot about sewing and making uh, uh, costumes uh, from, I, th I think it's 19th century, uh, 20th century, I'm not sure, but she talks a lot about which, which is uh, really uh, tied to her, her um, fantasy trilogy. Um, I don't remember the, the name of the series. Torn is the first book. The Unraveled Kingdom, yeah, The Unraveled Kingdom by Rowena Miller. So when she talks about how, um, like, sewing or making period costumes, it it's always super interesting. I don't know the first thing about uh, sewing as a hobby, and uh, but I know I I've read Torn and I see how how her hobby, her other, her hobby influenced uh, her writing. And it's fascinating to follow. Um, Cop, what do you think? Uh, so I basically agree with what's been said. One thing that bothers me, I guess, like one thing I, I don't like to see is, and I don't know if this will be a controversial or unpopular opinion is when authors post a screenshot of like a one star or a bad review even if the intent isn't go out there and tell the, this reviewer why they're a bad person it just kind of comes across that way to me like, even if the review itself is a, a bad review, like, is a terrible review, there's maybe, there's maybe, like, one or two examples that I can think of where it's not even a review of the book, it's just an attack on the author. Like, to me, that's different, but I get a bit bothered whenever, like, an author posts, um, like, a one-star review of their book. I guess because uh, it kind of like inadvertently happened to me a couple of years back. And to me, it can come across as a bit ins insulting because usually it's in the context of this person clearly didn't understand what the book was about. And I think that a better way 
would be to directly reply to the review itself, you know, and sort of explain like, hey, you know, that wasn't my intention or, you know, to reply to the review, the review itself, try to start a conversation about like, you know, hey, this is like, really, this is an insensitive review and, you know, you should do better instead of the almost hey, all my followers, look at this stupid review, even if it is insensitive, and let's talk about how dumb this person is. But I also like to see shitposting from authors. Yeah, I get what you mean. And it's, I think it's bad when, it's really bad when it's an author with a large, like huge platform. And like, it's it's often like it's I don't think it's their intention to set their fans on a reviewer, but it's sometimes what happens. And I think authors I don't know, all of us um uh, should be aware of uh of the imbalance of power and how we come across on social media, especially on Twitter, the moment we have something resembling a large platform. I think that would avoid a lot of drama if we we just are aware constantly that what we say can reach a few people and a few people can be either hurt or spurred into actions that we don't want them to be spurred into. Um, And I think it's especially true for authors. But yeah, authors shitposting is my favorite thing. especially when they lean into the tropes and they go with it like um look at this disastrous cinnamon roll and i'm like yes i want this disastrous cinnamon roll in my life where can i pre-order the book one thing i don't think we've talked about that much right now is uh i like it when authors interact with everyone not literally everyone, but more than just other authors. I like it when they interact with other publishers, publicists, fans, uh, random people. Like interacting can even just mean retweeting a tweet that says, I read book by author and I liked it, you know, something like that. Just because to me, whenever I see an author only interacting with other authors, it comes across as, even if it's unintentional, a bit uh, clickish and sort of like, like, yes, I want people to read my book, but I'm not going to talk to you. See, I see what you mean, but at the same time, I can't blame the people, the authors who do that, because they're between, what's the expression? Uh, rock and hard place, right? Um, I'm I'm not sure if it's the right expression in English. Yeah, yeah. It, we're <laughs> we're expecting them to behave in a certain way on social media to, to to be professional and to use it as a professional tool, and at the same time, we expect them to be friendly and to be part of a community. Some some others don't know how to do that, I guess, and I I think it's pretty normal because it's like you you have to use this tool as your promotional uh, tool, as a way to advance your career. And at the same time, you have to be this friendly, um, approachable person. And some of them do it beautifully. I mean, most of authors who we're friendly with manage to do that. And when it becomes too overwhelming, they take a break. But I, I think we have to be aware that it's not just fun and games for them it's their livelihood uh, and it's a platform that means a lot to them professionally so if they don't want to interact with readers especially if they had a previous bad experience with um twitter being <laughs> the nightmarish twitter we all know and well i won't say love but <laughs> we kind of are uh, used to now um if they have if if they've been burned before i'm not surprised if they don't interact a lot with readers 
of course i would i always love it when authors like play the game and retweet it when i i'm squeeing about their books or if i'm saying like dumb stuff and they're, they're interacting with me like yay someone i like whose books i liked um is not for me yay but at the same time i would completely understand if they put this barrier barrier between um their professional uh interactions and their friendly private ones i guess like i do get what you're saying because for me like interaction can be as simple as you know liking a tweet and it doesn't like it doesn't have to be tweets from other readers other fans you know just like just other hobbies or interest and stuff you know i guess and this is just me personally whenever i see someone only interacting with other authors you know to the point where if someone else replies only reply to other authors and it doesn't happen that often to be honest but whenever i see that i just think like if i met them in real life i'd be really scared to talk to them because i think that they wouldn't want to have anything to do with me mm. yeah i understand what you mean but i would be scared to talk to the authors who are actually interacting with me <laughs> yeah but i as you said it's so rare that i think we we learned a bit uh with whom not to interact because it's not because as a punishment or something it's just because we feel like we it's not our place to comment or to retweet or to tweet at them it, it they put these uh, huge do not enter signs in their interactions so we we kind of know which ones we don't bother with our tags or we don't reply to or we we leave them at, at it so there there are so few of them actually we yeah. kind of know them and it's their prerogative you know it's yeah of course if you come to twitter and for the first time you don't have, you don't have these kind of information it's a bit like yeah i don't know it can be i don't know what you mean it can be a bit like cold yeah, but it's their rights. I'm. They use their Twitter accounts as they want. They have. Mm -hmm. We have like no um no no rights on their on the way they they use their platform. I guess. Yeah, and m my personal opinion is I'm okay with people not interacting because like social anxiety is a thing and i get it at times and i'm sure authors do particularly when they've got large followers and like you can have a situation where you don't know how to reply and it makes it can be better to just be quiet instead of accidentally turning yourself into a dickhead and saying something really stupid so <laughs> like that's my personal opinion is that i'm not gonna fault people for not interacting too much because people are scary and i would rather not interact with people than make myself into an idiot sometimes so i i can see why people would do that <laughs> and i mean i like it when people interact but i'm not going to judge them harshly for not interacting i guess like for me it's not strictly about just interacting like if you know celebrities you know will have twitter accounts that are just for you know, they're not even run by the actual person themselves. It's just a marketing account, you know, something like that, where they just post like updates about what they're working on or something like that. Like that, to me, I don't mind. Like if an author has an account that's just posting updates about their work or something, like what bothers me is whenever, and this would be for like for bloggers too, not just authors, is whenever I see someone only ever interacting with one person or one group of people and then never anyone else that kind of bothers me aren't we a bit like that <laughs> we're super clicky <laughs> i try and interact with other people even if it's just retweeting or liking tweets 
Yeah, yeah. But even accidentally, I don't mean we do that on purpose. I mean, the people, when, when I see my account, the people I'm, I'm talking to, I'm tagging, I'm answering, I'm retweeting, they're always the same. I need to look into that in me. But yeah, I think it's like, you know, with any with anything else, um, you know, to briefly mention the topic, it's like, you know, when you look at your TBR and you might realize, hmm, this isn't as diverse as I'd like it to be, you know, so you make the effort like the you're, you're not intentionally reading, not undiversely, but it just happens that way. So like for me, I try and make a conscious effort to interact with different people. And for me, that's usually just retweeting or liking tweets. You know, if I say like, oh, I, hmm, I only like tweets by this author, this person, I should expand out, you know, and like more by other people and follow other people too. Yeah, that's, um, you're right. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm currently looking at my feed and whoa, <laughs> I'm retweeting the same people all the time. But it's also because um, there's two, there are two things. The algorithm on Twitter makes it easier to interact with the people you've already interacted with previous, previously. And yeah. then when it comes to more personal and direct interactions, like answering a tweet, you always, I mean, I'm always afraid of coming across as, you know, a reply guy. You know what that what, what I mean? Like someone who is just buttoning into conversations. Because Twitter is a bit weird in that aspect. There are blurred lines between what's private and what's public. And we don't know if it's appropriate to comment on someone's tweets if you're not mutuals. If you're not mutuals who've not known each other or talked to each other before, there's this whole etiquette that we're not sure about. And there are no, there are no guide on how to do things. Do you guys use Facebook for... You're hilarious. I mean, we now have a Facebook account for the inn. We do? Thanks, Travis. With a uh, Facebook do, account? Yeah. Do we use it? <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> we definitely use the Facebook account <clears throat> for the end. <laughs> um, it's a page. So it is a Facebook page uh, because that is easier than having to create yet another uh, social media community and like actively maintain that. We already have our Discord server and then whoever we talk to on Twitter. So yeah. For the end, the Facebook is mostly just like our posts, random Instagram photos, and pictures of my cats. Do we have a TikTok? Oh, no. I don't think... I am so not going to make one. We need to ask the youngest person here to do it. Tom, you understand TikTok. You're almost a Zoomer. I have no idea what I'm doing. I only got Instagram recently. You know how far behind I am on this? Yeah, I'm too old for this shit. I love it because it's funny and the way others promote their books through TikTok is always super creative and fun. But um, not go in there. It, it, I think it, uh, it needs more video editing skills that I possess. <laughs> so, hey, maybe we could ask you. Imagine you on TikTok. I'm pretty pretty sure that TikTok does most of the video editing for you, but I don't actually know because I've never used it. So what you're saying is you're not going to make a TikTok, but you might make a Snapchat for the end. Is that even a thing anymore? Does that exist? Yeah, I think to sell weed, but I'm not sure. <laughs> or sell nudes. I mean, I, I had it. Not to send nudes or buy weed, but I had it for a while. Book nudes. What books without the dust jacket? Look, there's there's a reason why we were only joking about having an OnlyFans account. We were joking? Oh, damn. I need to delete some files. Uh, yeah, I think we mostly do our book promotion and book uh, screen and community-related uh, interactions on Twitter. Which means that sometimes when, when something is on fire on Twitter, we feel it more intensely because we're 
doing most of our um, social media thing on it. Last week has been rough on Twitter for multiple <laughs> reasons. And I realized how impacted my mental health was when something goes wrong there. And it's shitty because you shouldn't rely on a platform to stay positive and to stay good, to be like mentally well. So it has its drawbacks. Well, we're kind of getting up there in time. So does anyone have any final thoughts on social media? It exists. <laughs> sure I like it. I like my dog. There's Discord too. We didn't talk about Discord. Is it social media? Yes, let's plug our Discord. We have a Discord. That is our plug. We have a Discord. Come join our crazy shenanigans. Yes. That is all I have to say on that topic. <laughs> I feel like Discord as a social media is sort of in between Facebook and Twitter, just because you have to intentionally join a server. And it's it feels like a more anonymous version of Facebook, but a more personal version of Twitter, if that makes any sense. Uh, yeah, 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 I guess so. But I think it's easier on Discord because there's not this, in there's this expectation that um, when someone someone talks about something, you're you're welcome to join the conversation, which isn't something, as we said, that is necessarily true for Twitter. On Twitter, you can't feel always comfortable to talk about some topics or to join the conversation if you don't know the person very well, if you if you're not not mutuals. I, I think, but but I think what happens with Discord and it doesn't happen. It didn't happen on our Discord yet. <laughs> um, sometimes we can kind of wrap ourselves in this kind of bubble. And we interact with the same people and we're in, sometimes we can get into an echo chamber and it's not very good, I guess. But at the same time, it's a safe space. It's so safe and we feel more comfortable talking about stuff we won't discuss in public, like on Twitter or I don't know. If someone still uses Facebook to talk about anything personal then congratulations on being a thousand years old but yeah <laughs> hey tom yeah discord is much easier for me to have a conversation with people uh you know like on uh twitter especially like i'll type out something and like edit it a dozen times and then just immediately like delete it instead of actually responding to something uh discord not so much you know what your way to do things is good because i don't do that I type and I send and I regret it afterwards. So I'm going to follow your lead and delete more often before send, hitting send. Well, no, uh, uh, regret is still the final stage of the messages that do go through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird because it's hard to, to, to get something across in so few characters. And then there's these whole threads and... Ugh. My God, last week was rough. <laughs> yes, and depending on when this episode goes out, that is still a relevant comment. Yeah, yeah. That's sad. What helps me is assuming no one will actually see what I post or tweet. <laughs> we see all. Okay, well, on that note, <laughs> we we should probably actually wrap this up. So... I guess it's time to maybe turn the question to our audience. Uh, how do you normally use social media to find and talk about books? What kind of social media content do you enjoy? Uh, we'd love to hear from you on Twitter or in our Discord server to add another plug. Uh, as always, you can find us online at thefantasyin.com. And since we're talking about social media, you can also find us as The Fantasy Inn on Twitter, Instagram, and yes, also Facebook. And I think that's a wrap. That's all for this week. Until next time.